Ladies and gentlemen, it's UFC Super Bowl weekend, and Elon Musk is coming. That's right, you heard it right here. Elon Musk is coming. Guess what? We also got some UFC Vegas 86 predictions. We're going to get to those. And also, Hamza uh, Chemaev and Conor McGregor are both frustrated. So why not just let them fight each other? We got these topics and more next. Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location. This is the community. MMA with your host, Chris Cross. Yes! Yes! Let's go, baby! Dana White Privilege. Let's go, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, yes, it's Super Bowl weekend, UFC style in Vegas. Elon Musk is coming. We heard from Dana White today. Elon Musk will be at the Apex Center on Saturday night. Now, is this like Trump coming? Like, is it going to get views as if Trump, if Trump was there? You know, they always get more views when Trump shows up. I'm just, it is what it is. It's true. But will Elon Musk bring some viewers to the table? I mean, it's going to be on ESPN. So highly likely that Elon Musk will add to the event. Why do you think Dana White announced it today? So we're gonna get we're gonna circle back to that because we got more on UFC Vegas '86. Uh, we've got some, a couple more predictions for you. I know we gave you the main event and the co-main, but there's some other uh, good fights. One was just announced a few days ago. So we're gonna get into all that. But first and foremost, you got Hamza and Conor McGregor. Uh, Basically, both guys are frustrated. I mean, both guys are frustrated. They both want to fight. And people act like neither one wants to fight, and therefore they're no good anymore. It's not true. Hamza definitely wants to fight. That's not even a question. Conor McGregor, you know, I I was leaning the other way. That it was more talk and really wanting to fight until I saw the documentary on Netflix. And in a documentary, you see him behind the scenes, like wanting to fight. After the Cerrone fight, he was on the phone wanting to fight. Immediately. And they wouldn't let him. And then months and months go by, the pandemic hits, and then McGregor's sidelined, and then he comes back and he loses. Then he gets injured, and then he's out for two years, and now it's going on three. And, you know, the guy is frustrated because, first of all, when you just think of fighters like Hamza, Connor, and all the fighters in the UFC, when they go for a good length of time without a fight, and more so without an opponent in their mind to prepare for, it's extremely frustrating. We heard this from uh, Volkanovski. It's extremely frustrating when you don't have an opponent to train for. This is why Volk is coming back so quick against Tapuria. So both these guys have a right to be frustrated. They should be frustrated. They should want to fight. That's what these guys were born to do. They want to fight. And the UFC dragging their feet. Now overall, the UFC does a good job with matchmaking. I mean, it's incredible. It really is. Some of these fights are very tough to predict. It's even. But when it comes to some of the superstars like these two, 
the UFC isn't so much con- concerned about title fights as they are waiting for the exact right moment. And the exact right moment just hurts the fighter. Now, the UFC is going to go through its uh, process. is going to offer these fighters fights that they don't want to take, and they're going to say no. And then the UFC can drag their feet because, you know, contractually, they fulfilled their obligation. They offered it three fights per year. If they only say one yes to one of them, then they fight once that year probably. Doesn't mean they can't offer them four or five fights, but the bottom line is, you know, the, these two guys are frustrated. These are fighters, guys that want to fight. And to be sitting on the sideline wanting to fight and not being able to get a fight. If you're Hamzad, you can't get an opponent. If you're McGregor, you can't get a date. There's certain times of the year when the UFC isn't going to do as well as others. Or the UFC pay-per-view event isn't going to do as well as other pay-per-view events. So that's where where they will stick McGregor. Okay, so August, we're not having great turnout in the month, and I'm just making it up right now. Maybe August is a bad month for the UFC, but that's where they're going to fill in McGregor because then it won't be a bad month, you see? So this keeps McGregor on the sideline. And this is why he goes on a rant every once in a while. Hamza goes on a rant saying he was promised a title fight. These two guys are just extremely unhappy. And these are not two guys that the UFC should want unhappy. Why can't McGregor fight two or three times a year? Even if it's not against the best opponents. A lot of people will be uh, interested in Conor McGregor versus anybody. Let him go in there and get some confidence and get some wins. Give, feed this guy a fight, man. And now they're locked in with Chandler. And Chandler's very smart because he's getting close to the end, right? So he's like, I'm, I don't care if I got to wait two or three years. I'm fighting McGregor because that's going to probably pay more in that fight with the points, pay-per-view points, than, in, than it would fighting two or three times, potentially. So he's going to wait. And then it goes down in history. You know what I mean? All the people watching it after the fact, too. Like, th- there's a lot of money to be made for Michael Chandler, so he's just chilling. He don't care. He's ready to fight whenever the UFC gives him a date, and he's got time to train. He's ready to go. And the fact that he wants to fight McGregor at 185, it, well, if that's even true now, right, is madness. It just shows you that Chandler don't give a dang. If I, if I was McGregor, I'd be a little bit worried about this one. Michael Chandler said he don't care if it's at 155 or 205. (laughs) Well, really 185, but it's crazy. He wants McGregor at his biggest and baddest. Even if he has to wait, and even if he has to fight 30 pounds out of his weight class. Like, who really cares when these guys are out of their weight class? Give, Give Connor some, you know, weaker middleweight that he's got a good chance to beat. Let him go in there and get some confidence, and then let's talk about the next fight. But no, the UFC is not going to do that. They're probably going to let these guys fight out of the lightweight division, and it's meaningless, much like they said Hamza versus Usman was, because Usman wasn't ranked in the division, so what is it really? I mean, it got Hamza ranked, but if you can't fight, then what does it really matter? But in that situation, Hamza probably shouldn't have been ranked in reality, right? Because... You know, if you beat an unranked opponent, you don't just get ranked unless you're like creeping at the top 15 or something. But, you know, it does nothing for McGregor or Chandler. So why does McGregor even want that? That's the other question. There's a lot of confusing things here. Does McGregor really want to fight and try to win a title again? 
if he does, it shouldn't. He shouldn't even want to fight Michael Chandler. He should be looking at someone in that division that he want, maybe welterweight, where he thinks he might be able to creep up. Maybe one day match up against a Leon Edwards or something like that. But no, that's not that's not what's happening. He's just going to fight someone for the money that he doesn't need, which is mind-boggling. Uh, 30 pounds out of the weight class. So, you know, they, these guys are frustrated. There's a lot going on. It's hard to decipher. It's hard to figure out. And it's frustrating as a fan because you just want to see both these guys in the octagon. I mean, it just, it is what it is. You want to see both of these guys in the octagon fighting whoever. The name doesn't even matter. Do you understand? The name doesn't even matter. But instead, uh, they're sidelined. And it's frustrating, man. It's extremely frustrating. But what else can we do but wait? Wait for the announcement. Then wait another six months. Lord have mercy. These are some of the problems that UFC has, and they don't know it yet. Maybe they do. Boxing had its problems that led to its downfall. You know, you still get a fight here and there, but it's not like it was in the old day where every every couple months there's a huge fight like there is right now in the UFC. What the UFC has going for it is people care more about these undercard fights that aren't for the title. And I'm talking main card, prelims, everything. All these fights that are for contender spots. Back in the day with boxing, nobody cared. They just want to know when the guy was ready to fight for the title. You know, if he's, if he's the fourth ranked contender, nobody cares until he's lined up for the title. The UFC has it that going for it, but it can't keep its stars uh, on the sideline. It's got to get its stars uh, in the octagon. That's the bottom line. As we shift gears, yes, you're seeing this right. Elon Musk is coming this Saturday night. And that changes the game because I, I didn't get like, why, why is the UFC fighting in, in, in the apex on Super Bowl weekend? It's not going to be good. Last year they had a pay-per-view event. It probably didn't do that well. Or maybe I thought it did. So I'm wondering, like, why don't they have a pay-per-view event this Saturday? It would be bananas if you had, because the UFC has slap fighting on Friday. They got UFC Vegas 86 on Saturday, which Musk is coming to, and then the Super Bowl Sunday. Why? Imagine if you had a pay-per-view event in Las Vegas. And maybe there's some reason they couldn't this year. But man, that would be wild. If you have pay-per-view the night before the Super Bowl, I mean, people will be going bananas. Might as well not leave your house the whole weekend. That's what people will be saying. But instead, they're fighting in the apex. And it's hard to figure that one out. But, you know, we still get a night of fights before the Super Bowl, as we would on any other weekend. And then by Monday, football is over, baby. Really, Sunday night. But next week, football is over, and then you got a big pay-per-view event. So maybe that's the point for the UFC is they rolled out of the Super Bowl last year with just a regular pay-per-view, you know, just or not a pay-per-view, but a regular fight night. And this time around, they're going to roll out uh, with football being over and having a pay-per-view of Volkanovski at the top of the card with a fighter in Topuria that people think can win. So maybe that's the, the angle. I don't know. But at least we get Elon Musk in attendance this Saturday. That brings more eyeballs. The story spreads far and wide. <clears throat> The ruler of X <laughs> is coming to the UFC. Yes, sir. Now, as we get into some more uh, fights, 
at UFC Vegas 86. We gave you the, the headliner. We got Joe Pfeiffer. We gave you the co-main event. And now we're getting into fight three. And it, it was Robert Brzezak versus Albert Dorea, but Dorea can't go for whatever reason. And now Ihor Podiera uh, steps in. So let's get into it, man. I mean, Brzezak is 17 and 5. Ihor is 20 and 5. These are two bad dudes. But Brzezak uh, is making his UFC debut. So. There's some question there as to how far, how good this guy is, you know. That's what the prediction is for. So stay tuned. We're going to get into it right now. We'll be right back after this. In the middleweight division at UFC Vegas 86, you got Robert Brzezak coming in 17-5, and five, newcomer, taking on Igor Poteria, who comes in at 20-5, and five, and he's no slouch. He's 6'3", Brzezak 6 feet, so Igor 3-inch height advantage. He's 27 Brzezak 33 and that's all we know about Brzezak we got a little bit more we'll get into it in a second now Ihor 75 inch reach he fights left-handed 5.6 significant strikes per minute that's pretty darn good no takedowns thus far now as far as Brzezak in his 17 wins 11 KOs he's got one submission and five decisions the guy hasn't lost since 2021 but that is against non-UFC opponents keep that in mind Ihor, 57% takedown defense, not great. Lost two in a row to Rodolfo Bellato by KO in the second round. And Carlos Olberg, you know how good he is, first round KO. He did beat uh, Mauricio Rua by first round KO. Lost to Nikolai Negamoreno and beat Lucchese uh, uh, Sadowski by KO at the Contender Series in the first round. But he's 1-3 in, in the UFC and just beat Shogun Rua who was kind of down and out on his way out. Now, Ihor is the favorite because of the 20 wins. But I'm going to tell you right now, we were going against Brzezak with the previous opponent. I'm not going against him here. I'm nervous about Ihor's, you know, 5.6 significant strikes per minute. I'll be real with you. But Brzezak hasn't lost since 2021. He seems to be a new fighter. This will be a big test for him. It's not going to be easy, and maybe I'm wrong. But something tells me Brzezak is going to come in and get the job done. He's going to be excited about this opportunity in my opinion he wins by decision two rounds to one unanimous middleweight division usc vegas 86. yes sir we're going against ihor and very tough to go against him because the guy's got 20 wins in mma i mean project has 17 but ihor's probably got a little more experience in a ufc setting over project but i don't think that's going to matter here man i think uh project is gonna, like i said is just going to be excited about the opportunity. And he's going to want to come in and prove himself. And the heart sometimes outweighs the numbers and all that. Because with Brzezak, we don't really have numbers. So which is all gut instinct sometimes on these fights. And that's, you know, sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong. But something tells me Robert Brzezak is going to win this fight. Now in fight four two guys I like Brad Tavares 20 and 9 Gregory Robocop Rodriguez 14 and 5 this is an interesting fight because you never know which Robocop is going to show up sometimes he comes in and he looks awesome and other times he comes in and he gets KO'd so it's very very hard uh, to predict this one but luckily for us 
we get a good fight here. A solid fight. Two guys with good records. I mean, Tavares has nine losses, but, you know, he's still legit. He's lost to some good fighters. Rodriguez, too, could very easily be 16-3 and three right now, but he's not. So it makes for an interesting prediction. Check it out. In the featherweight division at USC Vegas 86, you got Dan 50K, Ige taking on Andre Feely. Now, Ige, 17 and 7. Feely, 23 and 10. Feely's four inches taller at 5'11. He's 33, Ige 32. Perfect. Feely, three inch reach advantage. He stands right handed. Ige stands right handed as well. Both guys like 3.8, 3.9 significant strikes per minute, so close there. Feely has a little bit of an advantage in terms of takedowns. He lands like two per every three rounds. Ige gets one every three rounds. So there's going to be a mixture of a stand-up striking and a ground game here in this one, especially with Ige's 52% takedown defense. Excuse me, 58. Still not great either way. Lost to Bryce Mitchell by decision. But he beat Nate Landwehr and Damon Jackson. And he KO'd Damon Jackson. So he's won two of his last three but lost the last one. Feely, on the other hand, won two of his last three, beating Lucas Almeida by KO. Bill Algio, split decision, lost to Nathaniel Wood by decision. He's got a 70% takedown defense. So Feely, better takedown defense, more takedowns. Striking is close. That's where I'm worried for Feely. But I, I got to lean towards Feely in this one, even though I like Dan 50K Ige. I like the guy, and he's capable of winning fights at any time, but with this one, I got to go with the numbers because I'm not really sure. So I like Feely to get the win and move to 24 and 10, and he's going to do it. Uh, you know, it'll be even in the strikes, but he should have a little bit of ground game here, like five or six minutes of control, hopefully, even up in the significant strikes, and he'll squeak out a victory. So that's what I'm banking on right here in the featherweight division at UFC Vegas 86. Yeah, and I guess we had the old uh, co-main event up, so my bad. But nonetheless, that's a good one as well. Um, with Feely and Danny Ige, I just let it ride. Forget about it. As far as Gregory Rodriguez, he's going to win. He's going to beat Brad Tavares. I always go with RoboCop. Got to go with RoboCop. That's my guy. So those are the picks, man. Gregory Rodriguez, RoboCop's going to get the win. Robert Brzech going to get the win. At the top, Joe Pfeiffer is going to get the win. I'm more confident this week than I was last week. Last week was rough. It was rough. Thankfully, we got 14 fights, 13 or 14 fights this week at Vegas, 86. And, uh, you know, we'll take it. We'll take it. All we need to do is get to at least eight and six and win the main event. And, you know, we'll get some momentum going forward because we're three and oh in the main event, but twenty and fifteen overall, that's not solid. That's not great. It's not great. But at the end of the day, it's better than having to lose a record. That would be terrible. Absolutely terrible. But listen, I appreciate y'all. Listen, it's been a great show. For now, it's your boy Crisscross. I hope you have a great day and God bless. As always, peace.